In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Before today's interview, I want to let you know that this month, New Growth Press is releasing two gospel-centered storybooks for kids. One, by Marty Machowski, is called God Made Boys and Girls, and the other is about going through suffering called The Moon is Always Round by Jonathan Gibson. I hope these books equip and encourage you and your family. You can pick up a copy and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm welcoming Matt Smethurst. Matt is the managing editor at the Gospel Coalition. He's also the author of a brand new book, not for pastors or advanced theologians, but for ordinary Christians. It's a book not about how you study the Bible, but how you approach the Bible before you study it. It's called Before You Open Your Bible, Nine Heart Postures for Approaching God's Word. He's also the author of a 12-week study on First and Second Thessalonians. He and his wife Megan have three children and live in Louisville, Kentucky, where they belong to Third Avenue Baptist Church, where Matt is also an elder. Matt, welcome to In the Word on the Go. Yeah, thanks for having me, Champ. So glad to have you here. Matt, what verse do you have for us today? Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. So Matt, I remember memorizing this verse years ago. My wife and I were in a scripture memory program, and these verses came up like right toward the beginning. But I'm curious to know, how did these verses become important to you? Why are you choosing these verses today? Well, admittedly, these verses are in a bit of a, an obscure part of the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 10, where the, the people of Israel are on the plains of Moab about to enter into Canaan, into the promised land. And Moses is reissuing the law. So everything we've, we read in the book of Exodus is, is being uh, restated for another generation as they're about to enter the land. But the thing that I think kind of rings with relevance for today in these verses is in particular those final three words in verse 13. So he says in in verses 12 and 13, he has five action verbs in quick succession, fear, Mm. walk, serve, keep, and the central one, love. And we're used to reading stuff like that. We we Mm. know that we need to to get our act together and behave and obey God. (laughs) But then almost as a throwaway at the end, he says, I'm commanding you to do all these things for your good. And when I first noticed that and noticed how often actually in scripture, little phrases like that appear, it revolutionized the way that I understand and seek to apply commands to obey. The reason that God ultimately wants us to obey is not just so that we could have a way to fill our time or because he'd said so, but because he wants us to experience good. He wants us to experience joy. 
So that sounds great. And you would think then that obviously we're all in, we're all going to obey because it's for our good. So why is a verse like this difficult to live out in reality? Well, I think two reasons come to mind. One, because we are sinners. And so even if the best possible motivation is given to us to obey, we still don't want to do it because we want to live for ourselves rather than living for the one who made us. We want to embrace the mantras of our age. We want to follow our heart rather than follow our king. Hmm. We want to believe in ourselves rather than believe in Christ. We want to be true to ourselves rather than being true to God. Hmm. And so this verse, even with the beautiful ending for your good, still runs contrary to the natural state of our heart especially in an age that is so focused on the self. In other words, it's counterintuitive precisely because it's so countercultural. So in a minute, I want to read it again so it lodges in our thinking. But if you were explaining this verse in your living room with your family, you got your three kids there, what would you want them to hear and take away? Yeah, I would want them to realize that the reason that God wants their hearts and their obedience is because He wants their happiness. He wants them to experience the joy of living the way they were made. So a very simple illustration that I might use with young children would be to say that just as a bird uh, is built to find life and freedom in the air, and if you imagine a seagull flying over the sea and looking down and seeing some fish in the water, how crazy would it be if that bird thought, well, Why am I restricted to the air? Why can't I be free like those fish? Well, of course, if the bird decides to plunge down into the water to find the freedom that the fish are experiencing, it will be a certain and swift death sentence. And in the (laughs) same way, a a fish was built for the water. And if a fish thinks that it's going to find freedom on the land, the fish will quickly find out that that is not what it was made for. And, And in a similar way, just as the bird was designed for the air and the fish was designed for the water, so you and I were designed for God. And sin is our restless search to find life and freedom in things other than him, to build our lives on things other than God. But it's always counterproductive. It always uh, boomerangs and ends up robbing us of the very joy that we're after. And so I would tell a family, I would tell my family, I would tell myself, that the secret to joy is obedience. Obedience is not a is not a distraction from joy. Obedience is the doorway to joy. Boy, that is fantastic. I'm going to read it again. This is Deuteronomy chapter 10 verses 12 through 13. This is a great verse for families to talk about even this evening when they when they get together at dinner. So, Deuteronomy 10:12 through 13, it says this. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear the Lord your God by walking in all his ways, to love him, and to worship the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Keep the Lord's commandments and statutes I am giving you today for your own good. So, Matt, you said earlier that this verse, especially the part for your good, flies in the face of so much in our culture today. So if you were talking to a middle schooler or a high schooler and they're going into a context that's very not Christian— How might this verse equip and encourage that student to go into that environment? I think that this verse and that phrase in particular, Champ, should give them fresh confidence and boldness that the God that they've been deployed to witness to, to to share about, to brag Mm -hmm. about, is a God 
who loves people, who loves sinners, who is going to be the very thing for which their classmates are made, that he is what they're really after. And so I think that a verse like this should be a reminder to all of us when we're going into our workplaces or neighborhoods or schools, and we might be tempted to be ashamed of the gospel, tempted Hmm. to want to not be, be public with our faith. This should remind us, no, actually, the, the, the best way we could possibly love people is to present to them a God like this, a God who will forgive them if they fail him and who will satisfy them every day of their lives if they'll give him their hearts. Matt, that's a good word. I really appreciate your being with us today and for pointing us to this, what used to be an obscure verse, but now that we've talked about it, it feels very relevant and not obscure at all. So would you take a moment and just pray this verse for us as we close today? happy to. Father in heaven, we praise you that you don't leave us in the dark, but that your word is very clear about what you want from us and why. Lord, we pray that you would help us to fear you, to walk in your ways, to serve you, to keep your commandments, and to do all of it because we love you and because these things have been designed for our good. Lord, In decades past in the United States of America, we've rightly had to defend the truthfulness of the Bible, but more than ever in this generation, we need to also defend the goodness of the Bible and ultimately the goodness of the author. We praise you that you are so good and you will never let anyone down who comes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.